Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. And I know this is Mother's Day, and so this is going to be a little bit different than a traditional Mother's Day. So honestly, I feel like everyone in the house can receive what is going to be said today. Um, God is so faithful. And um, so let me just set the foundation for you guys first. Uh, this is, okay, it's it's kind of a bizarre way, but who everybody knows in the house that God speaks through different things. I, I believe when you're walking with him, he can speak to you through all sorts of things. And I came across this thing called, I'm going to butcher it, okay, so just forgive me. Kintsuki, has anybody heard of this? Well, let me just tell you what this is. This is the process of repairing ceramics and porcelain with gold. The mended pieces is thought to be more beautiful, valuable, and stronger because of the transformation. I was so intrigued by this. Think of it, a beautiful porcelain vase that was handed down through generation to generation, your grandson knocks it off and breaks it. You think all is lost because broken is broken. Broken is worthless. But this is a process, I believe it's an ancient Asian tradition of repairing with gold. And if you ever see the pictures of it, if you ask me, I think it's prettier than when it first started. And I thought, God, this is exactly what you do for us. Things We feel like when things happen in our life that sometimes that brokenness equates to discarding it. It's not useful anymore. But when God corrects, he fixes, he heals... It becomes beautifully broken. Because that is God's plan for all of us. When he mends our broken hearts, he mends it with something way more precious than gold. Amen? And so the phrase beautifully broken today is used to describe a type of beauty that arises from tragedy, from pain, and from adversity. I believe there's not one person in the house today that can say, that they have not been through some kind of adversity, some kind of trial. They have maybe spent time in the valley. We all know when we go through something, sometimes it can feel very, very lonely. But let me ensure you that the Lord, we are beautifully broken. And he wants to take our brokenness and make purpose out of that brokenness. And I started thinking about the absence of trials in our life cause us to revert back to default mode. Let me say that again. The absence of trials in our life cause us to revert back to default mode. Let's think of a phone. 
You have your phone. You've put so much stuff into that phone. But if they set it back to default mode, everything that was put in it is gone. And that's what we do is if there's an absence of a trial in our life, we have a tendency to fall back on default. What's default? It's our flesh. We think we can do everything ourselves. There's no need for the Lord. And so I just want to encourage you today. Our foundation scripture is Psalms 34, 18. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. And that is so true by the testimonies that you're going to hear today. And so we're kind of going to do a, a panel format. Um, I'm going to have them go ahead and introduce themselves and maybe tell a little something. Um, uh, what ministries are you involved here at River of Life? Go ahead. We'll start with you. Hi, everybody. My name is Alyssa Sherman. Um, I am one of the uh, leads in River Kids. I lead the Rising Tide. I also teach on Wednesdays um, in the Friends class, which is kind of middle school, upper elementary. And I also am a life group leader. Hey, everyone. I'm Nancy Dennis. Um, I am, my husband and I are the life group directors. Um, I'm um, on the worship team and um, on the cleaning team. So, little, little plug right there. <laughs> Hi, I'm Nikita Martin. I'm on the worship team, hospitality. I guess that's Welcome Center, too. Um, yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> Okay, so what we're going to do today is I have a couple questions, and we're kind of going to walk through it with them today and, and really, truly do a panel-style like interview so you guys can get to know a little bit about them. Can I start with you? Sure. Okay. So let me, say, let me just start with question number one. What has made you beautifully broken? Now, I know we're going to get a little bit deep here for a minute, so I just want you guys to encourage them because they're really sharing from their heart and their experience. After putting a lot of thought into it, what has made me beautifully broken um, was my sister's death, an unhealthy marriage that was physically, mentally, and emotionally abusive, um, my husband's affair, a divorce, and an ongoing ugly custody battle. Um, what has made me beautifully broken um, is actually a, about a four-year storm that uh, my family and I went through. In 2008, we found out that I was pregnant with our third child, and around my third trimester, um, he was diagnosed with Patau syndrome, or trisomy 13, and then about a few weeks away from my due date, we lost him, and um, obviously we were super devastated and but over the next four years um, my husband lost his father I lost my mother um, my husband lost his job um, and we were literally hours away from foreclosure on our home so it was definitely a, a hard season I would say what made me beautifully broken what has made me is I would say a divorce um, an affair which ended the divorce. Um, my dad used to be a pastor. He stepped down. All of it kind of led to just not feeling feelings, just being on autopilot, doing everything that I thought I was supposed to do. Default. Default. <laughs> 
Amen. Okay, um, let's go ahead. I'm, Nancy, I'm going to have you take this one. Was there a time that you felt angry with or overlooked by God? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I grew up in the church my whole life, and um, I made a deal with God when I was really young. And um, I'm the youngest of six, so I watched my siblings act a fool a little bit, like teenagers and young adults do sometimes. But I decided, God, I'm going to serve you, and I'm going to be faithful to you, and I'm going to stay in your house, and I know you're going to take care of me because if I am faithful to you and honor you, you will do the same, and I believe that. So when all of this started taking place, um, I felt in in my flesh and in, in that time that I had, even though I was not perfect, I wasn't perfect, but I had held up my end of the bargain in my mind, and I was like, God, where are you? Like, I've, I've really, I've tried to stay away from this, and I've tried to stay away from that, and, you know, I'm watching this person act however they want or whatever, and um, at that time, I, I attended a church where there were um, several women that were pregnant at the same time, and I saw, like, some of the li- lifestyles that they lived, and I said, this isn't fair. Like, why, why do I deserve this? What did I do so bad? And along with um, losing my mom, and it was a time where I needed her the most. If, if there was ever, sorry guys, if there was ever a time that I needed her, it was then. So definitely, I, I definitely felt like that. Yeah, yeah. Nikita, you want to jump in on that one? Um, what was the question? A time that you ever felt angry or overlooked by God? Um, kind of like what Nancy was saying, because I did grow up in the church, and it was like, okay, so. I know what to do and what not to do, or if I quote unquote sin, run to the altar and okay, God. And so when I got married, instead of I would say marrying who God sent for me, it was more of I was angry because of what happened when my dad stepped down, and so. I did look overlooked by God in that situation because I'm like, well, he's a pastor. He shouldn't, you know, Mm -hmm. everything's supposed to be perfect. We're in church Sunday morning. I'm singing praise and worship. And so it was like, okay, so God, I figured God was like, okay, you want to be married? Here you go. And it was like, okay, God, please bless it. But it wasn't, I would say it wasn't necessarily what God had in store for me. So then when all the trials came, I was kind of like, well, I kind of gave it to you, God. And I tried to live, like, be the perfect wife, even though I'm not perfect and all that stuff. So I did look overlooked, and I was kind of mad at God. Like, what's going on, God? I totally get it. Do you want to jump in on that one? Yeah, so I definitely can say and agree that I had very much felt overlooked by God. Um, A lot of times as Christians, we talk a lot about the mountaintops and the valleys, but we don't ever talk about the moment of the even if, where we stand and we go through these trials and we are like, okay, like, Lord, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to do this. I'm I'm faithful, you're faithful, I've served you my whole life, and I remember there was a time where I was getting ready to go into another custody hearing, and I remember that night I was just spending time with God, and I was just like, okay, Lord, like, you've done it, you've moved mountains, you've been faithful all along, 
And then it was like there was almost a shift in my spirit to where the Lord didn't seem so close and it wasn't so peaceful. And I was like, what is happening? Like, hold on a second. And I found myself praying that even if prayer, like, okay, God, even if I'm going to serve you. I remember going into that hearing that morning and so much took place and it was almost like here we are giving giving an adult and a chance, a second chance at the expense of two children that have that don't deserve any of it. And when the judge removed a lot of the the um, restrictions that were there, I felt like an instant brokenness. Like, God, how did you do this? Why did you do this? And I remember walking away, and I remember a whisper that said, Alyssa, what happened to your even if? And I said, but God, I'm so mad. How could you do this? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. How could you have these children have to walk through this? And this is this is at an expense of them. And it's not fair. And how are we continuing this over and over and over again? And he just said, Alyssa, remember, you're even if. And in that moment, I just took a deep breath and I said, Lord, I'm angry but I'm going to walk with you and I'm going to stand on that even if and I'm going to continue to be with you. And it was a place of decision and it was a very hard decision to make. I think everybody can relate with that when you're, you're in such a storm and you think the answer should be A <laughs> and God says, no, it's C. And then you're just like, what? You know? And it, it really does. It's kind of like us when we're kids and our parents tell us no. What do, our, what do kids do? We throw a fit. And the, it, it's so true. You know, when we don't get the answer that we think, and I love that, that even if in, in a situation, you know, and that's not easy. That is not easy to say, even if it doesn't turn out the way that I want it to turn out, I'm still going to serve you. That is so difficult to do. And I kind of want you to jump into this one too, Alyssa, real quick. Is Did you find yourself in the Bible? So I did. So what does Pastor Eddie always tell us? Find yourself in the Bible. Coming up through his ministry as a youth, <laughs> absolutely find yourself in the Bible. Um, but it's almost like God led me to this one. Um, There was another incident, Um, like I said, I am still going through an ongoing awful custody battle and God has been very gracious and very, like there's been a lot of victory but there's been a lot of frustration and there was another time um, prior to what I just spoke about in the even if and it was, it was around Christmas time and of 2019. And I remember there was another um, big hearing that we were going to. And you guys got to understand, like, as mamas, like, I am, like, literally in the trenches fighting and praying and begging God to protect my children because I, I, it's not in my hands. And he's the only one that I could look to. Um, and I remember trying to just, like, pray and get through this night. I was so like I couldn't sleep I remember calling Melinda and like it was almost like I was doing everything but stopping and spending time with God and it was like at this point can relate. <laughs> at this point it was like four o'clock in the morning and I was like you know what I'm just gonna turn some worship on, music on um, if you know me you know I'm a feeler I I have big feelings and a big heart so I tend to like relate more when I just get in his presence and at his feet 
And I was just like, Lord, what am I, what do, what am I to do? Like, where are we in all of this? And I was just worshiping him, and he, he led me to Exodus 2. And Exodus 2 talks about um, Moses and when he was a baby. But it really, God really showed me something about that story, because we've listened to that story, right? Like, they were coming to kill him. Uh, Moses' mother put him in a basket. Like, we don't really think of it, right? It's a childhood story that we've all heard. But then God said, read it again, and I read through it again, and it talked about how they were coming for Moses, and Moses' mother took a basket, put her baby in a basket, and pushed it down the river, and said, Lord, protect my child in any way that you can. And God whispered to my heart and said, Alyssa, you need to have faith like Moses' mother. Put your children in the basket and have faith like Moses' mother that I will return them to Come you. Come on, that's good. And I said, but God, wait. <laughs> um, and in that moment, I was like, okay, God. Like, I, I really, I surrender. Like, they're yours. And he's like, I was like, you've entrusted me to be their earthly mother. But at the end of the day, they are truly your children and that is where I've stood on every step of this way. Don't get me wrong; it's real hard to have that mo- that mother's that Moses's mother's faith, because um, my flesh wants to take over. But I definitely let go, and I let God, and I send my children, as we all do, into the battlefield every day, praying over them and pleading the blood of Jesus over them that they will be emotionally and mentally and physically and spiritually sound and safe. Amen. Can I add a a question in here, guys? I don't mean to... um, But you guys... (laughs) (laughs) It just popped in my head. But I was thinking, just in light of Mother's Day, you guys walked through this as moms. How was that? Does anybody want to kind of... Because we want to... We still have to be mom in the midst of what's going on. We still got to put on a brave face. And Does anybody want to jump in? And, and... I will. Um, so that was my biggest thing after um, we lost my son is um, I immediately went into like... Um, after panic mode, I was I was grieving, but I I didn't allow myself to really grieve. Um, I went into this mode of okay, I got to be the best mom I can be because my children can't feel this. My children can't feel what's in my heart right now because my heart's so heavy that I can't let them feel this. And so that's what I began to do. And through the process, I, I really did learn. And it was it was so ugly at first, just being transparent. But through the process, um, worship was such a crucial part. And if you ever see me up here acting crazy for Jesus, that is why. It's it's because of what he's brought me through and what he's brought me out of. And how, that's why I always say that. How can I not? It's, it's um, going through each of those trials. Because that's the thing. When you're in a storm, there's many little storms all throughout that major storm. Yeah. There's, there's things that knock you down and then you get back up. And then they knock you down again and you get back up. And so it's in that time of worship for me where I found that strength and, and in his word. And I, I don't know where I would be without it, honestly. Yeah. But, but as a mom, yeah, that, that, was, that was really tough. To, to go through and I think they really I hope that I showed them that that 
Because sometimes they saw ugly. You know, sometimes they saw that brokenness. And and then they saw me worship. And, and they knew I was being for real about it. They knew my heart was really in it. So hopefully that was something that, that they were able to get from that. Amen. Amen. I love that. That is so hard because as a mom... When we go through something, we automatically go into protect mode. But the last person we usually protect is ourself. <laughs> and we don't stop to look and say, okay, how is mom doing in this situation? So let me encourage you moms that take that time. Yes, you got to put on that brave face in front of your family, in front of your kids. But I encourage you to take that time for yourself. Get away Get away to that secret place with God. Because I promise you, that is the only place that you're going to find any peace in the midst of chaos. Amen. Um, Let's go on to, was, speaking of chaos, what was that one moment in the middle of your chaos that God let you know he was there? Nikki, do you want to take that one? I would say that it was a Sunday morning um, here during praise and worship, and I looked over and I seen Zachariah, Zach, playing the bass. Mm. And I just thought that in all this mess, because the boys were like 14 when we first separated so it wasn't like they were little kids and didn't know what was going on it was like I wanted it to be known appropriately and so because if you keep stuff secrets then that's how you know if you don't deal with the giant then your kids are going to have to deal with it and so I refused to be quiet about it and we were we went to therapy and all that good stuff and but I just looked at Zach and I looked at Nehemiah and I seen that they could have went left real fast and then people would say, Well yeah, they had a reason they were acting out A, B, and C and I just thank God, I thank this church because everybody just poured into them, um, especially all the males and I seen that they didn't skip a beat in praising God. It that it wasn't like oh they were one way here and acting out at home or acting out in school. It was like they knew God was real and they were going to praise him anyways. And I would honestly say we did not lose our praise. If anything that's what helped us through it. We just praised crazy we i know we confuse the devil like what y'all doing praising because that's all we know (laughs) so that's what we did and so that's how i knew god was there amen what was that one moment for you nancy in the middle of chaos so um when i was when i was pregnant with my son and um we learned of his diagnosis um we had about I want to say close to two months or so where we knew 
and every appointment was was rough. We were learning more and more, and um, we would have trips to the NICU to see what that would look like. And um, so, and I was going online, and I shouldn't have been going online. So, I was freaking myself out more and more, and um, it just got to a point where I was having like legit panic attacks, like not anxiety, panic attacks, can't breathe. I'm either going to pass out or, or die from how I'm feeling right now because it was so extreme and so heavy. And I remember there was one particular night where I looked over at my husband and I said, Joe, I can't, I can't handle this anymore. We're getting day after day, week after week, we're getting more news. I don't know if I can feel him moving. It was, it was very traumatic and it felt like what was months felt like years that we were going through. And so, um, I was just at the end of it and, um, and we prayed, and um, Joe spoke that word over me that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a peace, power, and a sound mind. And instantly, I mean, it was just like that. The peace of God hovered over in our bedroom. And, you know, we weren't in church. We weren't in, you know what I mean? We didn't have, like, some kind of revival going on. It was in our room at our, our most desperate moment at that time. And God was there, and God met us. And it was it was beautiful. And I had moments afterwards, moments of anxiety, but he kept bringing that back over and over again. Remember, I don't give you fear. So then we started learning, okay, we're going to rebuke fear. We're going to get fear out of our home. And again, that was that was a, something that we learned to, to walk through. But um, And I remember really quick, um, years later, the, after like at the end of the four years after losing my mom and Joe losing his dad and the job and all of that, um, Again, I, I felt that I'm pretty dramatic, maybe. I felt like I was at the end again. And <laughs> so I got in the car, and I started driving. I had no, um, no idea where I was going. I ended up in front of the house that I grew up in is from, like, 10 to 17. And I stopped in front of the house, and I just bawled my eyes out. And it wasn't a pity party. I was for real so broken inside and I just felt like, God, four years, I can't, I get over this thing and then this happens. I get over that and then this happens. And, you know, we're, we're trying to love each other through this, my husband and I, and we're starting to more than get on each other's nerves. And, you know, because we've been trying to like pick each other up off the ground over and over again. And so I was broken, and I'm sobbing. God only knows what people thought if they drove by. Like, maybe somebody prayed for me. I don't know. But I looked up at the window of the bedroom that used to be my bedroom. And I heard God say, look at that window. And I thought at first, like myself, I'm like, no, this is stupid. And But I looked at my window, and he said, I'm the same God that I was when you worshipped me in that room as a young girl. I'm still faithful. I'm still on time. Trust in me. Trust in me. I'm still that same God. And I pictured myself as that little girl back then. And so that, that was it for me. And, and, and since then, that was probably the beginning of coming out of everything. Yeah, yeah. I, just quickly, I wanted to piggyback off of that i want you to share next Alyssa. but um i think it's so hard i think we live um kind of in a i hate to say it but like a fantasy world as if that when we get saved (laughs) we're not going to go through trials and if you go through scripture guys and and all the way from genesis all the way to revelation nowhere in there does it show 
people tiptoeing through tulips. And I think, honestly, we do have to change our perspective a little bit to, yes, we will go through trials. It, it rains on the just and the unjust. It, that's just how life is. I wish I could sit here and say, you'll never have to go through anything again after you get saved. But please, let me encourage you, don't stay in that mindset. Because if you stay in that mindset, when the trial does come, and it will come, you're not going to be able to withstand it. You're not going to be able to make it through that because your perspective is wrong. What you need to say is, okay, I'm not in a trial now, but I know eventually I'm going to go through something. God, I know that you are going to be with me through this trial. I think if we change our perspective a little bit on that, we don't throw as much of a pity party when things do happen in our life. Would you agree with that? Alyssa, go ahead and share about I would definitely agree with that. Um, There were times, you guys, where I literally didn't think I was going to make it. Like, I literally was like, oh my gosh, I cannot do this anymore. I... I don't even know where the punches were coming from at that point. And I was just like, I can't. And I remember there was one time in the very beginning of all of it, right, like even before I made the decision whether I was going to stay with my husband or leave him, I remember that we were at 870 Savage. And I remember that Melinda prayed with me and she spoke a word over me and she said, Alyssa, God's telling you right now that you're standing in a burned down house where all there is is ashes around you and you're trying to put the ashes back together and he wants you to walk away and i just remember that moment and i remember saying like but how like this this is my marriage this is my children's life this is everything like how do i do this but god god's like i'm going to be with you and i remember i could definitely say there's so many moments where I found God in the midst of this chaos. Um, but the evidence of him was surrounding me. And I could definitely say where I find the most evidence is when I look at my children and I see their hearts for God. I see their grades in school. I see their love for people. I see that God is in them and that they could be some of the worst children, but they haven't allowed their circumstances to take over them and I see that in them and I see that their their hearts are just for Jesus and this church has been tremendous in supporting that and in our river kids and just in general and I definitely can say that's where I can see God the most takes a village huh? it sure does and you know what's funny is i normally don't the lord will give you give me word of knowledges for people and i usually don't remember those but that specific one i do because i remember the lord said he's going to give you beauty for ashes and that was just and believe me it was hard to see that through all that she was going through yeah i mean to the to walk there to be in that moment of mourning my sister of also like so those of you that don't know my sister unexpectedly passed away and I was also pregnant with my daughter at that time and while my sister was passing away my wonderful husband was having an affair so it was just a lot in the moments of all of that and it's like I felt like I already rebuilt my home from those circumstances then to turn around and have the same thing done over again and to be able to stand there and say I can't 
I can't rebuild this. And, and that's when Melinda was just like, God doesn't want you to. <laughs> he, he wants you to make beauty for these ashes. And I can definitely say that I stand here today because of God. Because without him, I have no idea where I would be. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Okay, I'm trying to be mindful of the time, guys. Uh, the final question, Nikki, I'm going to go to you. What have you learned from this season in your life? I learned to feel my feelings. Hmm. Because when it all happened, because I'm the oldest, so it was like responsible. You're the responsible one. You take care of everybody. So I was so used to taking care of everybody that I was so thin, I probably was invisible because I was making sure everybody was okay. And then when everything came out and everything happened, I just felt like I was drowning. Mm. And so... Jesus, therapy, and my kids. <laughs> Jesus and therapy. And so, because I was on default for so many years, I had to be broken. And so God could make me who I, who he wants me to be. And so what I learned was, to listen to God and know that it's okay not to be okay and if you find a friend or someone that you trust in because me and Alyssa are good friends and I seen Alyssa go through it before I did so we were just saying if we had to go through this just for one person come on just for one person and so I take it, she had to go through that for me, and I might have had to have to go through it for somebody else. And so that's what I learned. I learned to be authentic, to be in the moment, and to know that it, it's okay yeah. not to be okay. Yeah, I love that. Uh, anybody that's ever sat down with me um, to talk, I'm, I'm huge on emotions. God gave us our emotions. We're not to be led by our emotions, but it's okay to embrace those emotions. If you're upset, it's okay to tell God that you're upset. So I love that, that you learn to connect with those emotions because we can't stay, our hearts can't be hard as stone. God, that's not the way that he created us. And I love that you found purpose in the pain and, and God wants to use that. And Nancy, go ahead. Um, just kind of piggybacking off of what she said is um, I really learned that God does not do anything without purpose. There were um, so many beautiful things in in the middle of all that. And even still to come, um, I joke around about the life group ministry, how God really has a sense of humor I because that is so not my thing. But I watch God just like open things up um, every single conversation um, just, just everything. So I, I really learned how much I need people. I, I really struggled with um, trying to do it on my own. And it wasn't a fakeness coming from me. It was just, this is what I'm supposed to be. I got it. I'm going to do it. 
and and that's that. And God really showed me, no, you you need people sometimes, and it's okay if you're broken sometimes because Absolutely. you need people. They they need to pour into you as well because that's what I've given them. And so I've I've really learned that God does not do anything anything without purpose. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I love this, you guys, because. They are ministering out of a scar and not a wound. You see that they, God has brought them so far and it's so encouraging to see that. And let me encourage you. It, it, it's very, very important when God begins to open doors for you and he gives you opportunities to share with other people things that you've walked through. Make sure that you are ministering out of a scar and not a wound. Um, because uh, ministering out of a wound is unhealthy. Get healthy first, then let God use you to share. Can I add to that? Absolutely. Um, God called us to take a two-year break from ministry altogether. And so I, same thing, like just encourage you from, from having to do it. If that's where you're at, that is okay. God is a God that understands. He knows where you're at. And, and so that's okay. That's what we needed two years, and then we were ready to go again. <laughs> Amen. Go ahead. Uh, what have you learned, Alyssa, through this season? Through the season, I definitely can say that I learned to stand firm in my faith. Um, I learned that I have been raised in church. My parents are very big in the church. Like, from the moment I was born, I was in the church. But my parents knew God. I didn't. And I definitely can say that... Standing firm and really finding that Moses's mother faith is something that I definitely could say that um, really is what is what I learned from all of this. Another thing I can say I learned is not to react out of emotion. I am so (laughs) so am I. (laughs) Um, Not to react out of emotion. There were things that took place that. I had, to t- I had to create a 24-hour rule. 24 hours. I will not respond. I will not react. I will not, f- I will not do anything out of emotion. I will stop. I will pray. I will call Melinda at 4 o'clock in the morning. I will call my mom at 4 o'clock in the morning. Um, and I will just wait on God. Because the emotion that I wanted to react out of wasn't going to get me to the place that I am to- today. It wasn't going to get my children to the place they are today. Um, trust me, <laughs> those Facebook posts and those text messages that I wanted to send, <laughs> I honestly would send them to Melinda or Lindsay. I'm not joking. I would text them to one of them, and I would say, this is what I want to say right now, but I will Normally, not. the response was, no. <laughs> my, and I also have a dear friend. My dear friend Vanessa, her and I have walked a similar road, and I would send her things too, and she'd be like, Alyssa, you cannot say that. Stop. (laughs) And I'm like, no, but I really want to. Um, So finding those people and really standing on my faith and really finding God. Like, there's nothing like finding God in brokenness. And he is the one that has healed my heart, and he's still healing. I mean, I can definitely say that I'm I'm not whole and healed, but I am... I am on my way, and I am way farther than where I was. Um, and I definitely, definitely will say, when you find yourself in the valley, and God it does not seem there, I promise you that's when he's the closest to you. And you need to reach out to him, and you need to love him. Honestly, there were times where I just cried. I had no words. And I just climbed in the lap of Jesus, and I was just like, hold me. Like, I have nothing I can say. I have nothing I can do. 
Was I angry with him? Yes, but that's where I found my comfort. That's where I found my peace. And I think that God's grace is sufficient enough to know that we love him and to know where our hearts are in all of it because he knew I didn't want to walk away from him. He knew that. So he and he took he would rather have me say God I'm so angry at you and yell at him than walk away from him. So there there's time there, there's times where that's okay and there's times where it's okay just to cry in his lap and just let him let him take the the wounds and the punches for you. Amen. I love that too with the uh, um let me encourage everyone in the house to be don't be reactive. Yes. Amen. Be responsive. And when you respond to something is usually when you're responding with your heart and your head. When you're reactive, you're responding with your emotions. So always, I love that. Take that time. Stop. Pray about it. Set it aside. It's a 24-hour rule. Don't <laughs> 24 <forget> it. hours. <laughs> and I think that would save us a, a lot of grief, grief and a lot of apologies. So um, I, I, I thank you guys so much. Uh, I, this is not easy, guys, to get up because this it leaves them in a very vulnerable state. Um, if you notice, you probably have never had a conversation with them and then bring all of this up in a conversation. And so it's not easy to get up here and do this, but I am really proud of you guys, and I thank you so much for doing this. Well, amen and amen. Pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Light, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence, his promises, and all people, and you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.